As fans prepared to immerse themselves in the ancient past of the galaxy far, far away in the online role-playing game Star Wars The Old Republic, a series of tie-in comics and novels helped to set the scene. The first of those stories to be published was comic miniseries Threat of Peace, and we're going to talk about it today. You're listening to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Hello and welcome back to Legends Library from the Star Wars Book Community Podcast, the only library in the galaxy that allows you to drink blue milk in the reading rooms. Uh, I'm your host for today, Johnny Maynor, and I'm joined once again by legendary librarian himself, Jesse Gardner. How are you doing today, Jess? Pretty good. Howdy, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not too bad, not too bad. Uh, a lot of life going on this week, so it's nice to just chill out and talk about Star Wars for, for a few minutes. <laughs> I agreed there. Yeah, yeah. Let's jump in and give the folks listening a bit of context for today's chat. We're looking today at The Old Republic Threat of Peace. Um, this is another one of those comic miniseries that was initially published in installments on the website for the on for the Old Republic online game. Uh, this one dating from June 2009 to early 2010 and written by Robert Chesney, one of the writers for the game. Now, Jess, um, when I first read this one uh, earlier this year, I found it really weird and disjointed and just a bit all over the place. Uh, and I've more recently learned that the way these things were published was sort of these three page installments online, sort of by week, by week, by week. That makes a little more sense. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yes, I had the same experience with you. But as I was rereading it in the last day or so with this chat in mind and that new bit of knowledge in, in my head, I could see that then. And it sort of it, it, it made sense that it was a bit sort of choppy and changey and you get three three pages of a, a, this bunch of characters and then you don't come back to them for ages. And yeah, yeah. Um, so maybe a disjointed reading experience for, for someone sitting down and reading it in a binge now, but but I guess as people <laughs> experienced it at the time, they had more time they had more time to sit with the story as it was yeah, being added true. to, I guess. Yeah. Which is interesting. Um timeline wise, this one is set in three thousand six hundred and fifty-three uh, BBY. Um so around twenty-five years after the Blood of the Empire comic that we talked about last time jesse um the only other pieces of media that take place between blood of the empire and this comic were a short story called smuggler's vanguard also by robert chesney that was published online and to my knowledge is no longer available all online and not available in print oh wow have you tracked that one down have you seen that one anywhere, i Jess? have not i might have read it way back in the day but i probably did yeah yeah maybe not I have no memory of it. The title does sound familiar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I followed the links from Wikipedia, etc., to sort of where it historically would have been hosted on StarWars.com or on the Old Republic yeah. website, but I can't find it. It just it just ain't there. Um, but also preceding the thread of peace in the timeline is the cinematic trailer called Hope. Uh, and a short story by Paul S. Kemp called The Third Lesson, both of which take place on Alderaan in sort of three, 366 
2023 BBY, yeah. so 10 years before this comic book. And hope that cinematic trailer, that's the one where we see Jedi Knights Tally Shan and Republic Trooper Jace Malcolm defeat an injured Darth Malgus in combat. Do you remember that one, Jess? Yeah, that was a really, I remember that one, yeah. That's, yeah. I like that. Yeah, it was nice to see Alderaan sort of yeah, really yeah. You know, in all this beauty and the, the mountains and all of that you know because you, you got that little glimpse at the end of revenge of the Sith, yeah. but it looked lush there as well um and then the short story the third lesson that picks up immediately after that encounter actually and intercut sort of malgus taking out his anger on his next jedi victim with some yeah. moments from his own childhood just sort of remembering some lessons his father taught him that sort of thing um so that's the stuff that we're kind of skipping over to get to this to this comic today um so today's comic picks up 10 years after that battle on alderaan uh in 3653 bby uh, and takes place concurrently with the cinematic trailer deceived also released in june 2009 so concurrently with sort of the opening pages of this comic uh and the novel it takes place concurrently also with the novel called deceived which came out almost two years later in march 2011. Yeah. Oh, the the novel Deceived like really ties in directly to the Deceived trailer too. Totally, it it very much adapts that cinematic trailer more yeah. directly because we don't see the action, although it happens concurrently no. with events in this comic series. No, they, we they we skip don't over. we see the aftermath a bit of yeah we see a bit of the aftermath of the Jedi Temple, but Deceived the cinematic trailer and Deceived the novel show you the action that's gone yeah. down there for sure um so yeah you see there the sacking of the jedi temple in coruscant by the sith and um the novel deceived would sort of take that yeah. conflict of the temple on and use it as a jumping off point for a kind of a separate story that then sort of moves quite far away from the events of this comic there's, there's they don't touch base much after that mm -mm. um so they do very much stand stand apart and depending on what order we drop these episodes in either we talked about deceived last week um or we're talking <laughs> about it next week uh, we'll, 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 we'll see which episode is ready um, yeah. <laughs> is ready first uh, with both kind of happening around the same time um, so plot wise Threat of Peace opens with Talk of a Peace Treaty um, the clues in the title uh, between the Republic and the Sith Empire so I guess this, this new war has been going on for a few decades now and there's this fresh talk of peace on Alderaan. We have delegates of the Republic and the Sith Empire meeting to negotiate the treaty. Uh, the delegation includes Jedi Knight Satali Shan, who's a descendant of Reven and Bast Revan, sorry, and Bastila Shan, uh, and Togruta Jedi Master Darnala. Uh, the Sith delegation there is led by a Sith Lord called Barras. Uh, on Coruscant, a Senate session discussing the Republic's war with the Sith. Uh, and the peace negotiations is interrupted by a Sith invasion force. Key players there are our Jedi Master Orgus and Republic soldier Lieutenant Tavis. Uh, and the leader of the Sith invasion there is Lord Angral. On Dantooine, we meet mercenary Braden, uh, revealed in the sort of the final panel to be a Mandalorian. At least he's wearing a Mandalorian helmet in that panel. We don't see that elsewhere yeah. in the comic series. Uh, and then Wookiee bounty hunter Dalbora. And those guys seem to have their own game of cat and mouse going on while they're juggling other sort of personal and professional objectives throughout the course of the comic. In the meantime, while all that's going on, a peace treaty is negotiated with the Republic under extreme duress, with its capital under occupation, uh, in which the Republic <laughs> cedes parts yeah. of the Outer Rim to the, to the Empire. Um, 
it's basically you know the, the Sith grabs Coruscant and that's the gun under the table basically. Um, elsewhere on the planet yeah. Balmora, Jedi Knight Fortress launches a mission to rescue some troopers, which leads his force to miss their deadline for withdrawing from the planet, as agreed in the treaty. And that's there's a there's so much there, and that's just me trying to you know relay to the folks listening just sort of who the main players are and where they start <laughs> in this yeah you know <laughs> and this is just a three issue thing yeah yeah um it's a bit very it's it, yeah it, it's a bit of an oddity as, as i think we, we'll we'll talk about so let's talk about this plot i mean i find it a bit messy and a bit hard to follow at times you know there, there's a lot going on how did you get on with it um I, I found it to be messy and all over the place and a little bit under thought there there was some um, stuff yeah. that conflicted with other stuff like like they were big time and mm-hmm. there were characters that were even missing like in the i'm gonna bring up deceived so in the delegation yeah. on alderaan to begin with there's more players and Satil takes yeah. the place of like two of them in that comic. Uh, yeah. It's just yeah, no, yeah. I didn't get along too well with this one. So yeah, it is all over the place, and there's just entirely too many players, entirely too many characters. And I guess it it makes sense now. I realize as I've done my background, as I've done my homework on it, and I realized this was published from two years prior to Deceived, and and was one of the first bits of Old Republic tie-in stuff to draw. Okay. Yeah. It, it kind of makes sense in a way that maybe there's sort of, there are ideas here that maybe hadn't been quite refined yet. Yeah. You know, and they would sort of kneel Probably. down as they went along in, in the intervening years. Um, you know, so yeah, Paul S. Kemp, when he comes to sit down and run right. Yeah, it felt a little bit odd. Yeah. It, I mean, and I, and the first time around, I read this after Deceived. So I was reading it looking for the tie-ins. And Me too. And kept coming up against things that didn't square. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so it, I, I think probably the weight, if you, if you were reading all this stuff fresh for the first time, you probably want to read this before to see otherwise I Definitely. think you'd find this. You'd be scratching your head. Yeah. As bitty and disjointed as it's invariably going to be, I think you'll still get a better experience by reading it without knowing deceived yet, Yeah, <laughs> you know, with the expectations that, that your knowledge of that novel would bring, bring with you. A hundred percent. Um, Yeah. Yeah, and as we said up top, you know, it, it seems to have been published in these sort of three pages or so installments online. So that probably accounts for a lot of the yeah. messiness. And yeah. just, it is a bit higgledy piggledy. And may, maybe, maybe the story was even evolving over that period of time, right? They were maybe they were writing it week to week and just dropping the pages. Probably. You know, uh, maybe that's why it's a bit kind of rambling. Yeah, and it's probably. Yeah, I, I I'd say, love to know. I'd love to know. And it's probably not exactly canonical. Closer to the. Um the Marvel comics where there's a little bit of from a certain point of view. All right. I don't know. Like yeah. I've got some head cannon stuff to, <laughs> that I'll talk about later around these issues. It's definitely one of those pieces that uh, as a sort of online, initially online comic that probably didn't have that much of a circulation, they probably felt reasonably free to kind of develop things in a different way later and kind of contradict. Yeah. You know, so, so it sort of sticks out as a bit of a curio now. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, to, towards the end of, of this comic, we, we do learn that actually 
Jedi Master Darnala, um, who we thought had been killed at one point um, in captivity by the Sith. Uh, we learned that she's alive and well and actually behind a plot to reignite the war and get rid of the peace treaty. Uh, did you like that twist, sort of you know, Jedi doing bad things? How did that work for you? I, I really, I really did. I, I, that's one of my favorite things about that whole thing is because her death scene was freaking gruesome. I was like, whoa, you don't get deader than that. Hmm. And then the end of the thing is, oh, that hey, you're back. That panel is intense, yeah, isn't it? electrocuted the heck out of her. Yeah. You see the whole Togruta skeleton went, whoa, not yet dead. And so it's, I like, yeah. like a good surprise. And that surprised me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they don't really explain how she survived that no. other than... It's the it's the Wookiee Dalbora who pulls the switch yeah. when she's we think being electrocuted to death, and then he rocks up with her later when she's revealed to be kind of you know have her own machinations in play. So so I, I'm guessing we're meant to assume that he didn't he, he kind of did, dialed back on the current or something. I don't know. Yeah, he probably hit her with a low voltage. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. know. <laughs> or maybe just because she's the grandmaster, she just lives through it too. Was she, yeah, was she the Grandmaster at that I point? Should, or is the it Satil ends up being the Grandmaster. Later on, but I, I think I think at this point... Maybe there might not be point, one. Yeah, no, Satali... No, she's... I think Satali definitely later on. Yeah. By the time we get to things like Fatal Alliance and yeah. Annihilation. But um, here, I, I think it's the Keldor Jedi Zim. Oh, Zim, yeah. He, could be, he acts more like it than Dernala. But uh, he, he buys it anyway in... in uh, in this subplot with Braden, the mercenary. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I, I enjoyed the sort of the, the twist in the tale, you know, and I, I, I certainly didn't see it coming. And, and again, it, it's, it's a little clunky, I guess, because you totally assumed that she was dead and all of a sudden she wasn't, and it wasn't explained <laughs> yeah. that well. No. Uh, but, you know, I guess as part of a story that, you know, the purpose of which is to tee up this idea that, you know, I guess they, they want, players prospective players of the game to maybe consider playing either side that you know may, maybe there's something to the sith philosophy that maybe the maybe the jedi aren't all good oh, yeah etc etc so from, from that point of view that would that's i didn't really think you know you see all of these factions and that's probably what they were doing you'd see three seconds of the jedi and the trooper and then three seconds of the sith that yeah okay that makes more sense on why so many characters they were trying to get you to play different factions and I think that's exactly why you know it, it always sticks in my mind when I think about this one that you know the mercenary Braden particularly and the Wookiee Dalbora it's like you know they find things for Braden to do yeah. I think for for the most part they kind of weed him in and out yeah. of various storylines and subplots so almost sort of ba almost bafflingly so yeah um, he seems to have a, you know he's involved everywhere but Dalbora seems sort of like a nothing character for the most part. <laughs> Yeah, you know, but they're, they're there to showcase character types for the game, yeah. basically, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Which is kind of a shame because you don't see a lot of Wookiee characters outside of um, like Chewbacca. And it would have been kind of neat to have a fleshed out bounty hunter. Yeah, and, and he really wasn't. I mean, fleshed you out. see it in canon with. Um, no, not at all. You see it in canon later with. Um, I can never pronounce his name. He's in the book of Boba Fett, that big old Wookiee. Crescent. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He gets. Yeah. He gets some good screen time. He really does, and and on the page as well, you know, um, in, in that Afra run, that Vader run, and the Afra runs that he appears in. You know, there's, yeah. There there are 
some layers there as well to the character. You know, it's not completely two dimensional. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, this Dalbora no. is, is is never more really than kind of a hulking brute who occasionally says "raw." You know? Yeah. Yep. Um, but two characters here who I did think were were well written and probably given the best um, sort of character development um, on the page were Satelli Shan and Lieutenant Tavis. You know, and as the various characters cross paths, uh, Satali and Tavis are thrown together. First, when Tavis and Master Orgus pick up Satali's escape pod, uh, and later on this journey to Dantooine. Um, you know, there are definite hints and more than hints of a romance there. Um, did you like that storyline and relationship? I, I did like that storyline. Um, my headcanon, to be honest with you, is um, Tavis is Jace Malcolm. I just kind of fudged the names over. I was like, wait. Well, you know, because she should have been kind of leery of a relationship at that point. or Yeah, yeah. Because of more, more information that I know from further hand. So yeah. I, I didn't get along with it too well, actually, because of... You you wondered why it wasn't Jace, yeah. I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I wondered why it wasn't Jace. Because I and I can only, I can only assume it's because it's one of these ideas that maybe wasn't yet fully developed, yeah. and as much as much as the cinematic trailer hoped that introduced Jace Malcolm precedes this in timeline terms, it hadn't dropped yet. Yeah. It didn't exist. Jace Malcolm, I don't think existed at this point in their minds. <laughs> so, yeah. I, but well, but but clearly, what they did have in mind, I think, is the character Theron Shan from the game and the later stories, and he needed, yeah. and Theron Shan yeah. needed needed a mama and a dada. So mm -hmm. here, I think they were clearly yep. teeing up the idea so... that Satali Shan and Lieutenant Tavis got together, and the result was Theron Shan. And as the yeah. story developed and as Theron's backstory evolved, and maybe it's an age thing, I don't know, that he, that he did him to be older by the time. I don't know. You know. And it, it could just be as simple as she's got a type. I do. <laughs> you hmm. know, maybe after Jace, yeah. he fell in love with another soldier. You know, plenty of people yeah. have a type. I Absolutely. Brown-eyed girls are destroying me. <laughs> so it, it, it could be that, too. Yeah, Satali Shan has a soft spot for uh, for, for battle weary Republic troopers, um, with a kind word. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, I, I, I definitely thought that was nice. And again, you know, I I, I do like doing a little bit of sort of storyline sleuthing, you know, and seeing those connections and how maybe yeah. how maybe that idea had evolved. The seed is here in this version of the story, but actually it evolved into a different character over time, and we get a slightly different thing down the line coming coming out of that um but equally yeah you know you, you can um you can you can reconcile it all um in universes yeah satali has a type and uh this wasn't her yeah. first, this wasn't her first rodeo <laughs> with uh with the republic truth yeah yeah um i mean for me, this is definitely my least favorite of these. There are three of these comic miniseries that tie in to the Old Republic massively multiplayer online role playing game. Definitely my least favorite. You know, there there's not a huge amount else that's going on in there that that I feel I mm -hmm. I, I want or need to talk about, or that people listening need to know about to kind of understand other things that are going to happen later. You know, other than you know. There's been a bit of a Jedi plot in the background. You know, 
the Jedi Master Darnala was kind of yeah. the big bad all along, and Satali is kind of um had her little dalliance, and you know the Sith are interested in her as as, as sort of a, as an offspring or descendant of Revan, but it's kind of left hanging at that. Really, is there anything that we haven't touched on that that you think is really worth highlighting? You story. get to see Lord Adras, and I always, you know, you get to see a few characters that are talked about in the novels, and that's kind of, I, I liked that. Lord Adras, and I think Angrel, some Sith Lords that show up, that I always wondered what they looked like, the what they look like. Yeah. But other than that, no. Yeah. It, it, it feels very much like a dry run for stuff that's coming later. Definitely. Definitely agree with that assessment. All right. Okay. So, so what? What about final thoughts then? If you've got it in your anthology, go ahead and read it. Or if you're a big fan of um, the game, go find it out. But for a casual, no, you could go ahead and skip over it. Definitely my least favorite of the three tie-ins. Yeah, I, I, I'd agree with that. Um, I, if you're on the fence about the old Republic era, this ain't going to convince you to dip in any further. Um, so maybe start yeah. somewhere. <laughs> start somewhere else. Um, but but you know, if you're really if you're really sold and you're willing to kind of wade through and absorb it all, sort of conscious of the fact that some of this stuff kind of evolved over time, and this one is a bit of a curio. Um, you know, by all means, fill your boots. So, you know, th- there are interesting things there from a lore perspective and a character yeah. perspective. You know, as as we've discussed. Um, okay, so that's shortish, shortish and sweetish. I, th- I think that's going to do it for, for this one. We don't want to overdo it. Um, Jesse, it's always good to chat Star Wars with you. Um, why don't you let the folks listening know where they can find you and follow your Star Wars journey online? Uh, you can follow my Star Wars journey at Legends Twin Sun nineteen eighty on Instagram. Uh, and folks, you can find me uh, on Instagram and threads as at Journals of the Wills. That's Journals with an S and Wills with an H. And also on occasionally Twitter as at Journals Wills. And you can reach out to the podcast team, and there you're looking for at SWBC Podcast on all the usual social media channels. The main show will be be back next week and Canon Ketchup and Legends Library will be back as well. So keep those pods set to subscribe and, you know, if you're enjoying the show, do do drop us a nice review on the pod platforms because that stuff really helps. Uh, In the meantime, uh, it's a goodbye from Jesse Gardner. Talk to you later. May the force be with you. And it's a goodbye from me. Thanks for listening, folks, and we'll catch you next time on the Star Wars Book Community Podcast.